0: You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your host today, Evan. Uh, we're excited to have another fun episode for you today. Before we get started with our show, we want to get into our grateful moments. Phil, what are you grateful for today?
2: Hey, East Orange, Riverview, Charlotte—like my heritage would say, Sa sapase." I am grateful for another week I'm doing the podcast with my brothers, and I'm grateful for my children. Um, my oldest one's back from college for the weekend, chilling, and my wife, who does an awesome job as a nurse caretaker. And I love to hear the stories of—I've actually seen her work given um and how she take care and interact with her patients it's like you know you know when somebody's doing what they're meant to do so I'm grateful for seeing those moments and um I'm grateful for heat yeah Kelvin I stole your grateful moment I'm grateful for heat how'd that feel when the Eagles stole the Giants chance to make the playoff I'm grateful for heat <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hilarious that feels still so many things from us isn't that right Kelvin it does a grateful moment
0: Hey, what's up, everybody, man? Uh, listen, man, I am grateful today for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll stay right there. I'm not. I'm. You gotta learn to ignore negative behavior. You know that's what I'm learning. Every time Phil's going, I have to I and big. But anyway, you know we we got a chance this week to advance. We in the playoffs. It's always fun in Philly when playoffs come. Even though nobody's really giving us a shot, I don't think uh, the fans. I don't, I don't, I, Secretly, I don't think the team itself think they got a shot, but there's always a chance to advance when you actually play the game. So I'm excited to actually watch my team play. You know, everybody on this podcast is going to get a chance to watch their team play this week, so shout well, out. To I know
2: I... At 4.15, a plane is going to hit an eagle, and the an eagle will turn back to a pumpkin.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to uh, have my team uh, back in the playoffs after a one-year hiatus. Um, excited to see um, Jalen Hurts uh, our quarterback' uh, first playoff uh, appearance. Uh, I'm also grateful that I am making progress on some investments and looking forward to what what God has in store. Um, as we prepare to tr- transition into our show, um, the Miami Heat have been streaking uh, as of late. I mean, minus last night when when the process came in and punched him in the mouth. We won't go there. Miami Heat have been shrieking. Uh, they are currently sitting as the third seed in the East uh, ahead of Milwaukee. Um, how serious can we take Miami Heat in terms of their uh, contender status and uh, playoff outlook?
0: I think it's uh, – honestly, where they at right now, that's where I had them um, to be in the top four. They got a veteran team, got a good coach. Um, they play, they play hard. Um, it's a tough-minded organization from the GM down. So for them to be in a position that they're in right now, it's not it shouldn't be shocking to anybody. Uh, they actually, uh, I don't think Chicago. I think Chicago would be the fool's gold. Um, they. I said they could possibly win the East in Chicago, so I'm not. I'm not saying that they're not a good team, but I don't think they're the best team. So I think I feel like for one through five um, can can shuffle, and Miami can go from one through that five. They could be in any position there, depending on um, you know the health, of course, uh, COVID protocols, and uh, just this intensity in the games from day to day. But they had the talent to definitely be there.
1: Well, let me ask this question as an added layer. Um, As Bam is out and he comes back tomorrow, do you think Bam is going to raise their profile in terms of how seriously they should be considered? In fact, they're doing stuff. Bam, is that more impressive?
2: Overall, to me, I think the Heat is a contender to go to the conference final with Bam. You know, he gives that layer of defense and uh, offensive prowess they need. To score in the middle and to kind of pull the defense in and to let the shooters really work, you know, Tyler Hero is doing his job, job. Duncan Robinson is starting to earn his his coin, and Jimmy Butler, the closer. So yes, I, I can't I can't you know look past the the moves they made during the summer. Got rid of Drogba, you know, got in T, uh, PJ um, Tucker. They are a, a contender team, but do I believe that they have enough to get past? How
0: Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry?
2: Yeah. You oh, about yeah. Kyle Lowry? Yeah, that big up, yeah, that was a big pickup. point guard. Okay. That was a big pickup. Pick I forgot about Kyle Lowry. Lowry or Kalari? That's your boy. How do you pronounce his last name?
0: Man, whatever you feel like, man. That's the <laughs> show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think they could be a contender to, and to get as far as the conference finals. But do I think they could beat Brooklyn? Nope. Do I think they could handle Milwaukee? Possibly. Do I believe the 76ers could give them a run for their money and, 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 and take them out? Yes. So to me, in reality, Miami's probably the fourth or fifth team. I have Brooklyn. I, I'm going to put um, Milwaukee. To me, not contest that. It's my, my take on how far who could actually make the finals. All right? To me, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Um, seventy sixes, and then finally, I will put the, uh um Chicago, not Chicago. I will put um uh, Miami. Um, Chicago still young, got some impressive wins, but re- uh, in reality, are the availability. Levine is hurt; he's in and out, and and ball he's in and out. So right now, Milwaukee. I mean, Miami could make it as far as. The Eastern Conference Finals, which is a great achievement. Can it be Brooklyn? No. With or without Bam? No. That's how far they went, and that'd be a great achievement for them. But guess what? In Miami, that'd be depressing because just two years ago, they was in the final, and they still try and impress everyone. It was not a mistake. So that's my little take.
1: So uh, I think that I think that um, Miami is is good, and as, as everyone has said. You know, Miami getting to the finals was really just a byproduct of the environment. They that team was not gonna go to the finals uh that year, but it was a byproduct of just the bubble and things just being crazy, people um, people losing their, you know, their flow, their energy. So it'd be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, I think I think Miami is a top, a top four team in in the east. Um but here's the thing, you know, we give him a lot of credit, but at the same time, like Jimmy Butler, he still can play, but he's he's not as dominant as he once was. He's still a good defender, but in terms of being a dominant scorer, um, you know, the good thing is he still has ability to close. But I think in a playoff series, um, they will be. I think they're a second round team. I don't. I don't think they're a conference um, finals guy. I think they're. Um, Uh, second round, second round and and a bounce team. Um, Now, changing, changing topics. We talked about at the beginning that the Sixers really, 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 really uh, came in and got an impressive win, beat, beat um, Miami last night. Uh, And Joel Embiid, after being Boston the night before, because they beat them on a back-to-back and they traveled to Miami uh, from Philadelphia than, from the night before. Uh, And here's what uh, Embiid said on Friday night. He said, we've struggled a little bit offensively, but during this stretch, we've been very good offensively, just moving the ball. These guys, they just allow me to do what I do best, offensively and defensively, but I feel pretty good. I don't think we've played our best basketball yet. We've still got a long way to go. We're missing guys here and there that could really help us. There's really no urgency to change anything. I think we've got everything we need. We're going to keep on going. I'm happy. And this is an amazing statement in, in light of the fact that everybody wants to trade Ben Simmons. And he's saying, well, we don't need any difference. You know, adding Ben, losing Ben, he's saying we don't need any difference. So the question is, so it's kind of twofold. One, is Joel Embiid a better player without Ben Simmons? And then two, are the Sixers a better playoff team without Ben Simmons?
2: Let me jump in this. Are the sixes better without, is Joel Embiid better without Ben Simmons? No. No. I believe that even though they literally play the same position, M B actually takes threes. In reality, if Ben Simmons get out his feelings and come back, y'all will be a title contender team Meaning, I actually believe it will be Brooklyn versus Seventy Sixes for the final. Just the way your boy Maxi playing this year, um, you know, and, and overall, do I trust uh, Doc Rivers coaching? No, I don't. <laughs> y'all be, y'all could be up three-one, and guess what would happen? <laughs> so <laughs> I think it was it would have been, I think it would been a, 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 a train wreck from the beginning. In reality, y'all do need Ben Simmons. Y'all playing well without him. It's still early. Teams are not really, you know, teams are starting to gel now. And we're really going to see the teams who they are after the All Star game. That's when everybody put their metal, pedal to the metal and start playing their hardest. And we will see if Embiid can hold up. Remember, the problem with Embiid is that his availability. This is probably the second time he's actually been available most of the season, you know, his career. The thing is, when Ben is out, I mean, when Embiid is out, who holds up the it was Ben. Who holds up the um the holds up the, the goal post until Ben comes um and B comes back? It was Ben. So if y'all don't get a good viable piece who could play a three and D guy, who could actually play a point guard who's who's uh, who's versatile enough to actually score and play defense and give take some pressure off of MB, 76 is in trouble. And two, Tobiah Harris. The the $60 million per contract, the that, that high-paid dude not doing his job. So Ben Simmons is a better fit. And I have to give uh, Doc Rivers some credit. He was getting the team working together, some molding together. You know, they needed a second year back-to-back. I believe if they had came back, the team would have been better off. So, Joel, you need Ben. I know you're trying to act like, yeah, you don't need him. Yeah, I played – Literally the same position, a point guard and a center play the same position. Hey, trust the process, but uh, the reality they do complement each other. With Doc there, learning, adding new, um, you know, offensive schemes and and really teaching. Yeah, would actually be in the conference final, but still not beat in Brooklyn.
0: With Ben. So, so first of all, <clears throat> Sixers, we're not looking for a point guard. Um, we, we we're. we're We're um, looking for the best available player. It could be a wing player. It don't have to be a point guard. We're not, like, struggling to push uh, Maxie out the door. Um, Two.
2: Maxie's young and and still don't know the NBA. I'll let
0: you speak, brother. (laughs) I'll let you speak. You interrupt me every week. I'll let you speak. When you say your nonsense, I'll let you speak. Now now you got to listen. Now you got to listen. So you said –
1: They play the same position. Oh, okay. I thought you were asking me what I said, but no, you go
0: ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying Phil said they play the same position. And they don't play the same position. You said they play the same position. and Then you said they complement each other. So you got to have to clear that up for the viewers. I said they complement each other because of
2: Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers okay. has cleared up the offense right. and the defense. But they play the speed. same
0: position. But they count. They the play. Same. They
2: both. Where where do okay. Ben go? Okay. okay, all right, all right. Seventy six. Where all do Ben I, go on I, the offensive end? Where can do Ben the go event? We, we, on we you the offensive end? We can get to
0: this later. We where do, do later. Joel go? on host the block? Ask the question. Okay. The host <laughs> asked the question. We get to this later. We get to this later. I can chop you up in little pieces later. I'm not going to do it right now. So to answer the question, are they better with Ben? Clearly, um. Is he better with Ben? Well, he's averaging 27, 10 right now, four assists. Last year, he averaged 28, 10, and three um, with Ben. So for him to say he's, he's along with a better winning percentage, by the way. So for him to say he's, to, for, uh, for me to say he's better without Ben, the numbers just don't support it, whether it's the record or individual numbers. Um, So I don't know. I don't know why I would say he'd be better if he's doing the same or the team is doing worse. So I would never say that they're better without Ben. Um, Are they a better playoff team without Ben? Um, That's a strong no for me, too. Um, Ben. Although he struggles offensively, we all know that he's a phenomenal defensive presence. And he takes off a lot of str- he takes a lot of slack from And B has because he does so much on the offensive end. You see a lot a lot where his motor lacks defensively, um, not at the rim, but on pick and rolls. And he takes possessions off with Ben Simmons. Um, he doesn't have to get all the loose balls. He don't have to get all this, uh, the rebounds out of out of his position. Um, so it's a lot of things that Ben Ben does for that for that Sixers team um, that that we just don't see that pops up on the stat sheet maybe. So I think Embiid is just, just speaking right now on his quote, um, just just speaking confidence into the team. That's all. Um, does he really believe it? If he does, it's, it's a shame. Um, the one thing he did say in the quote that he said, we were a long way, we have a long way to go, I agree. Um, then then a, like a sentence or two later, he said, um, There's no urgency to change anything. I disagree. Uh, You don't have a team right now that can win a a championship. So um, the question, I answered the question, but I feel like Embiid is just, he's just speaking right now uh, because he had a mic in his face. I don't think he really believes
1: it. So I would say that I think from a spacing perspective, and I, I do think Embiid is a better player this year than he was last year. Um, although the numbers don't necessarily support it, you got to remember he had a rough start to begin the season. He had, to, he had a hard time figuring out the ball, so he's kind of bringing his average and everything up. So to, I, to look strictly at the numbers from season to season, I think would be would be un, unfair uh, to look at and be I think I think he is a better player this year now. Is that because of the absence of Ben Simmons? I don't know, but I think ben, Joel Embiid is a much improved player this year because he's the number one scorer in points in the clutch uh, right now. Um, he's being relied upon to facilitate the offense a little bit more. And there's something I've noticed about Embiid, and this is something Kevin and I used to talk about a lot. Embiid seems a lot more mature than he has in years prior. Even the Carlton Towns fight that was a, that was an immaturity fight. I mean, you know, before he would be talking to players, he would be he would feed too much into the crowd. But I think I think now Embiid is a lot more mature, which is a great step. Uh, and they're finding ways to win close games. Um, and Hack Shack isn't available. So, um, and and to, and to Kevin's point too, I, I do think from what Ben brings, yes, Bre- Ben brings so much to the team that stats just don't tell that you and and even uh, a novice basketball watcher couldn't couldn't even see however i do think in the absence of ben the sixers team has a greater chance to advance because and if you think about it in a lot of these series when i say advance i don't mean championship i just mean advance beyond second round in a lot of these series the what would really happen is when they start to employ Hacker Ben, the issue that would emerge is that it would muddy the offense and everything would slow down. And so they were unable to, they would have these, because look, at that Hawks that series, the Sixers were a better team than the Hawks. But the one glaring weakness in Ben's game was pivotal in turning that series because they're up 27, they're up 16. They're, I mean, they're beating the Hawks convincingly at halftime. And what the teams would do is muddy the game, start fouling Ben and throw out the momentum of the offense. So I think that although I think they're a better playoff team in the sense, not that they are more skilled, but in the sense that there's no strategy to take away the team's whole offense by employing a hacker player. And then two... One thing that has been consistent, in the second round, Ben Simmons, from a scoring perspective, disappeared. I don't think that happens. So I think you still have that dynamic threat, and I think you still have a good chance to advance. However, Kelvin does raise good points um, that uh, the the, the, the Sixers uh, definitely miss Ben and what he brings defensively, and the fact that Joel Embiid has to take plays off. But I also want to say that when we look at last year, and Embiid was delivered to the playoffs, not at optimum. He was in good health, but he was playing himself back in the shape towards the end of the season, so his conditioning wasn't as great. But his his conditioning is great this year, so I'm impressed. But uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, obviously, and I he had an
2: injury too. Remember, he was injured yeah. during the playoffs. So
1: yeah, hey, he had the the meniscus um, the tear, and then to Kevin's point as well. Record wise, you got to remember. And due to COVID, Embiid missed, I believe, 10 games. And they only won one out of those 10 games. And that, that speaks to, to, to Phil's point, which is who carries a team when Embiid inevitably has an injury or he's taking time off or whatever the case may be. So those things, so it's like it's like a catch-22. The best, I think the best thing is the Sixers to move Ben for, as Kelvin said, the best available player. And that way you're able to um you know, raise the profile of the franchise. Um, and, and B is playing some of the best basketball in the NBA right now, period. Um, and somebody even dare to say he might be the best player in basketball. We're not going to today, though. I said, say that today. Say that today. Um, now, transitioning uh, to our final topic for today. Um, for years, the East and the West have been um, off, off balance. Like, you know, if you look at the scale, the West was heavily favored. They were just so much more dominant. Um, but it seems as if you look at the East, and the top five spots, the top five teams are only 2.5 games apart. And it kind of reminds me of the Western Conference when when the teams were so close that that come playoff time is going to be really, really, really good series. Um, but now the West has re- three really strong teams. Kind of like the easters have three two really strong teams or three really strong teams they have golden State Phoenix and then they have um golden State Phoenix and then they have Memphis all playing great basketball right now and thirty plus wins so those three teams are playing better and have better will have better records than all teams out east but how do you compare the east versus the west is the, is there becoming a balancing of the powers between east and west
0: yeah I definitely think it I definitely think they the um they have covered some ground um, when you talk about the Eastern Conference. I, when I look at the top four teams on both sides, I think they're comparable. Um, I do think um, the West has more star power. They have more names. Um, but I feel like far as teams are concerned, I do think that that the gap has been closed a lot. Um, I definitely think uh, Brooklyn, when you think about Brooklyn, you think about one of the best teams in the league. Um, Milwaukee is the reigning champion. You know, you have um, a a, a team in Chicago that came up. You know, you have Sixers that always can be around, especially after this trade trade deadline if we make something happen. So definitely, uh, definitely, um, it's, it's definitely closer. It's not like years before where you just say, oh, man, we need to even change the way we we do the playoffs. We just need the top eight teams. That was the conversation in years past. You, you, uh, you, you, you know this year that that conversation doesn't even come up. You know, nobody's even mentioned that because when you look at the league and you look at uh, from east to west, you see two good leagues out there. You see two competitive leagues Um and even more so it might be more competitive. It may be more pe- competitive uh in the Eastern conference. I didn't say they had the best teams, but it might be more competitive as a, as a, as a, as a um, conference. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely on a train where we say the East is the East is caught. I don't know if they caught up, but they are only a step behind if they didn't catch up.
2: The, I'm going to say this, the record, so the top four teams in the East have a uh, record <clears throat> well over 500, about 5 to 10 games. So the first four te- teams in the East have a, like Phoenix have 32 and 9 as of today, as of Sunday morning, 32 and 9. Go to State 31 and 11. Memphis 30 and 35. Shout out to Memphis. Utah 20, 28 and 14. Then comes the East. The East, you know, Bulls as of now is twenty seven fourteen. Brooklyn twenty seven go Brooklyn twenty seven fifteen. Miami twenty seven sixteen. Milwaukee twenty seven eighteen. Philadelphia twenty five and seventeen. So, and then Cleveland twenty six seventeen. So, literally, my um the East has eight teams over five hundred. But the first four teams in the West have a larger winning percentage and. Uh, are averaging over uh, 6.7 um, 6. winning percentage, a little above, below 6.7 winning percentage. So top heavy, the, the West, top four teams, and then come the East. So the East have a combined a better winning percentage, meaning overall more teams that's over 500. But to me, I think still, except for Brooklyn, the West is a better conference based upon the top four teams and the remaining teams, which is not that far behind, not playing great basketball, but the competition is stiffer. All right? So, is the, is the drum swaying? It's starting to, but I'm going to give it to them once I see, not the, the records, the overall records. While, so, for the top four teams in the West, are have a better winning record and better winning percentage. Than the every team in the East, right? So um, if we're going by based upon amount, yeah, we have more teams in the East with uh, winning records, but not as significant wins as the West and the winning percentage. So if I go based upon winning percentage, the top four teams have the better winning percentage in the West versus all the teams in the East. But I think the East is starting to get up there. It's still early in the season, About I think about, what, Forty games has played a little over forty games has played. That's more than half the season, um, and we'll see how the uh, it shakes out. So right now, I'm gonna give it based upon winning percentage, and um, um it's the West as of now. But the East is making strides for that um, based upon data.
1: So yeah, I mean, I think I think that um, it's coming more comparable, and I, things Kevin said and things Phil said are all great points. I was gonna say just what Kevin said. Remember, you know, we used to have these, should we do the top 16 teams in the NBA? But now the East is uh, catching up. And I, and I think, you know, I think, I think a couple moves matter in, this, in the grand scheme of things. I think Kevin Durant going out East, leaving the West. And I think that the Washington Wizards trade was a critical trade. Now they, they fall a little bit, but the, fa- but the fact that, that they built a team around Bradley Bill. As opposed to it being like two stars, and actually sent out players from the Lakers, because look, the Lakers have gone down, and the Wizards have kind of gone up a little bit. So I think I think that trade really uh, helped in the shifting of, of the power. And 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 right, 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 right. And DeRozan as well coming coming east has helped shift the power. Uh, I think Orlando giving and Orlando giving the Bulls Vucevic, and then adding Lonzo Ball from the West as well. So, I, I think that this is uh, swinging the pendulum. And what is major, too, is the emergence, the emergence of uh, Ja Morant uh, out West. You know, he's, he's been dominant, but now he's taken another leap. I, I mean, we've seen what he's been doing. The question I, I have, I know I said found talk, but this is something that's came to my mind as we talk about the, the Western Conference just a little bit. How soon before the Memphis Grizzlies overtake? Overtake the Western Conference and become the team to
2: beat. <laughs> um, they look like they're about to do it now. Uh, <laughs> they just need more experience. You know, last year I think it was their first time or second time in the playoff, and this young core who has no fear. I think they're the they could be the team in the future. The biggest disappointment is is actually um, Luka and Dallas. And I love when Dallas lose. Oh, a Knicks fan, it makes me feel good. That's the greatest disappointment because they should have been the team that the West, the West was fearing. But now it's Memphis. When Memphis has young pieces, team that they don't care. They out there to destroy you. Talking junk to LeBron James. <laughs> they don't, they don't fear LeBron. They don't fear LeBron. You know how Jordan, people was afraid to talk to Jordan. You hear his story, don't say nothing to Jordan or Kobe because that will ignite them. They're talking to LeBron. They don't, they don't fear him, and and so. Memphis is going to be the team as soon as this year. Do, do I believe they're going to win the title? No, but they're going to wreck some people and send them home like they did to um, Golden State last year. They send them home, <laughs> and I think they could do the same this year. So um, I think they're a year away, providing that <clears throat> we don't know what teams are going to do in the offseason, but everything, it's everything, quote, unquote, remain the same and the experience they ga- they're gaining. I think they are gonna run the West very soon. I think this is the year they could start running the West, take advantage of everything. They're climbing up. They were they were like a week ago. They was like a ninth place or eighth place. They're third. They're third place.
0: So I will just say it like this: Memphis will never win a title. Um, what? They never they never win a <laughs> the title. Um, they might even they. This is a little hating, too, because I don't I don't I don't really respect that organization that much. I don't think the organization can pull it off. I think they may have plateaued Um, young teams. They're playing every night, um, trying to make a statement, playing with a lot of energy, which absolutely means nothing when it comes to playoff time. So. I feel like they could be they could they could make a Milwaukee run. But I don't know if he's as dominant as Giannis. Um, it's tough for small markets. I don't think it would prove different for Memphis. I don't think Memphis has what it takes, especially this year or next year. Maybe three years down the line, they, if they add somebody else and he's still playing at that level, maybe they can win a title. But I don't, I don't see it right now. It's a good story. They stay in the top five. They'll be successful. They'll be successful the year. But I really think that's as far as it go. I don't. I can't see them as actual title contenders.
1: So I'm not talking about this year. I'm saying in general. So I, I, here's what I think. Right. I think sometimes. Oh, go, if you're gonna say something, go ahead.
0: No, no you go ahead. Ev, you go ahead.
1: I think sometimes we rush with organizations. We rush to make assessments. But what I love is John Moran is 22 maybe 23. Um, He's nowhere near his prime yet. Then you have uh, Desmond Baines who is 23 years old. Those two guys are are going to get better together, plus Dylan Brooks, plus JJJ. Um, I think Memphis in a few years, because you got to look, the Lakers, obviously Lakers aren't even good this year, but you know their stars are getting older. Um Devin Booker has not proven to be able to carry his team to a uh deep in, into the playoffs without Chris Paul. So obviously I, I I think I think Phoenix, unless they find a way to replace Chris Paul, because Chris Paul I inevitably is going to going to decline. Um they're going to you know eventually begin to slow down a couple years. Um The Warriors are an older team. You have Steph Curry. You have Klay Thompson. Uh, Shout out to Klay for a great great debut. coming back happy for him. Um, I think Memphis has a legitimate chance to uh, rise at some point in the future, near future. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Ladies and Dudes podcast. We'll check you out next time. Uh, And excited to see this NFL playoffs how it plays out. We look forward to
2: having our NFL episodes soon. Out. You're going to turn to a pumpkin.
0: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of a lady and some dudes. Please remember to follow us, like share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady. And that is the and sign some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.